Hello, my name is Kyle Burrell, and I am quite partial to telling stories, some true, about an old friend of mine named Robert Frost, you know, the poet. Have a listen to this tale I told about Rob when I recently spoke at the Derry, New Hampshire Centennial Celebration of 1927. Now I have another story to tell, a bit more personal, about Rob and someone he called the Broken One. A factory worker in one of his poems who was maimed for life in an accident at work. Turns out, that would be me, the Broken One. Quite a moniker, etched forever in Rob's poem called The Self Seeker. The Broken One. By that, I suppose he could mean the man with a broken foot. Yes, my foot is crippled and will never be the same. Fair enough. But listen to the poem and you may hear of a man broken in other ways. Broken in a way that he won't challenge the system. Broken by big industry. Broken by an unfair scheme of justice and big money where the little man just loses his will to fight. That's me, Kyle Burrell. Just call me the broken one. But I just wanted to get along and get on with my life. I didn't want to play their game. I just wanted to be me, the orchid delirious. But Rob took my story and put it in a poem. Put the poem in a book and put the book up for sale and turned it into cash. I don't think he did that for my sake. I don't think he was trying to right a wrong. He was just Rob being Rob, drawing on his personal experience here in Derry and making beautiful poems for anyone and everyone to enjoy. It's just that, well, I don't know. But if Rob were here today, instead of gallivanting around reading his poems about broken dairy people, decent people who care about one another, collecting his $50, why, I'd tell him a thing or two, I would. But what's done is done. No more to build on there, as he says. So you can hear my story, The Self-Seeker. Well, our story, really. Rob is in it, too. We had our differences, oh yes. But things worked out. Yes, things worked out. For Rob especially, wouldn't you say? Have a listen to this poem and Tell me now, tell me who exactly is the self-seeker who dogs only his own interests? The lawyer? The broken one? The neighbor, Willis? The poet? The self-seeker. Willis, I didn't want you here today. The lawyer's coming for the company. I'm going to sell my soul, or rather, feet. 
Five hundred dollars for the pair, you know. With you, the feet have nearly been the soul. And if you're going to sell them to the devil, I want to see you do it. When's he coming? I half suspect you knew and came on purpose to try to help me drive a better bargain. Well, if it's true, yours are no common feet. The lawyer don't know what it is he's buying. So many miles you might have walked, you won't walk. You haven't run your forty orchids down. What does he think? How are the blessed feet? Are the doctor's sure you're going to walk again? He thinks I'll hobble. It's both legs and feet. They must be terrible, I mean, to look at. I haven't dared to look at them uncovered. Through the bed blankets, I remind myself of a starfish laid out with rigid points. The wonder is, it hadn't been your head. It's hard to tell you how I managed it. When I saw the shaft had me by the coat, I didn't try too long to pull away or fumble for my knife to cut away. I just embraced the shaft and rode it out till Weiss shut off the water in the wheel pit. That's how I think I didn't lose my head, but my legs got their knocks against the ceiling. Awful. Why didn't they throw off the belt instead of going clear down in the wheel pit? They say some time was wasted on the belt. Old streak of leather doesn't love me much because I make him spit fire at my knuckles, the way Ben Franklin used to make the kite string. That must be it. Some days he won't stay on. That day, a woman couldn't coax him off. He's on his rounds now with his tail in his mouth, snatched right and left across the silver pulleys. Everything goes the same without me there. You can hear the small buzz saws whine, the big saw catawall to the hills around the village as they both bite the wood. It's all our music. One ought, as a good villager, to like it. No doubt it has a sort of prosperous sound, and it's our life. Yes, when it's not our death. You make that sound as if it wasn't so with everything. What we live by, we die by. I wonder where my lawyer is. His train's in. I want this over with. I'm hot and tired. You're getting ready to do something foolish. Watch for him, will you, Will? You let him in. I'd rather Mrs. Corbin didn't know. I boarded here so long she thinks she owns me. You're bad enough to manage without her. I'm going to be worse instead of better. You've got to tell me how far this has gone. Have you agreed to any price? Five hundred, five hundred, five, five, one, two, three, four, five. You needn't look at me. I don't believe you. I told you, Willis, when you first came in, don't you be hard on me. I have to take what I can get. You see, they have the feet, which gives them the advantage in the trade. I can't get back the feet in any case. But 
your flowers, man. You're selling out your flowers. Yes, that's one way to put it. All the flowers of every kind everywhere in this region for the next 40 summers, call it 40. But I'm not selling those. I'm giving them. They never earn me so much as one cent. Money can't pay me for the loss of them. No, the 500 was the sum they named to pay the doctor's bills and tied me over. It's that or fight, and I don't want to fight. I just want to get settled in my life, such as it's going to be, and know the worst, or best. It may not be so bad. The firm promised me all the shooks I want to nail. But what about your flora of the valley? You have me there. But that, you didn't think that was worth money to me. Still, I own it goes against me not to finish it for the few friends it might bring me. By the way, I had a letter from Burroughs, did I tell you? About my Cypripedium regine. He says it's not reported so far north. There, there's the bell. He's rung. But you go down and bring him up, and don't let Mrs. Corbin... Oh, well, we'll soon be through with it. I'm tired. Willis brought up, besides the Boston lawyer, a little barefoot girl who, in the noise of heavy footsteps in the old frame house and baritone importance of the lawyer, stood for a while unnoticed with her hands shyly behind her. Well, and how is it, Mr... The lawyer was already in his satchel as if for papers that might bear the name he hadn't at command. You must excuse me. I dropped in at the mill and was detained. Looking round, I suppose, said Willis. Yes, well, yes. Hear anything that might prove useful? The broken one saw Anne. Why, here is Anne. What do you want, dear? Come, stand by the bed. Tell me, what is it? Anne just wagged her dress with both hands held behind her. Guess, she said. Oh, guess which hand? My, my. Once on a time, I knew a lovely way to tell for certain by looking in the ears. But I forget it. Uh, let me see. I think I'll... Take the right. That's sure to be right, even if it's wrong. Come, hold it out. Don't change. A ram's horn orchid. A ram's horn. What would I have got, I wonder, if I had chosen left? Hold out the left. Another ram's horn. Where did you find those? Under what beech tree? On what Woodchuck's knoll. Anne looked at the large lawyer at her side and thought she wouldn't venture on so much. Were there no others? There were four or five. I knew you wouldn't let me pick them all. I wouldn't, so I wouldn't. You're the girl. You see, Anne has her lesson learned by heart. I wanted there should be some there next year. Of course you did. 
You left the rest for seed and for the backwoods woodchuck. You're the girl. A ram's horn orchid seed pod for a woodchuck sounds something like better than farmer's beans to a discriminating appetite, though the ram's horn is seldom to be had in bushel lots. It doesn't come on the market. But, Anne, I'm troubled. Have you told me all? You're hiding something. That's as bad as lying, you ask this lawyer man. And it's not safe with a lawyer at hand to find you out. Nothing is hidden from some people, Anne. You don't tell me that where you found a ram's horn, you didn't find a yellow lady's slipper. What did I tell you? What? I'd blush I would. Don't you defend yourself. If it was there, where's it now, the yellow lady's slipper? Well, wait. It's common. It's too common. Common? The purple lady's slipper commoner? I didn't bring a purple lady's slipper to you. To you, I mean. They're both too common. The lawyer gave a laugh among his papers as if with some idea that she had scored. I've broken in of gathering bouquets. It's not fair to the child. It can't be helped, though. Pressed into service means pressed out of shape. Somehow I'll make it right with her. She'll see. She's going to do my scouting in the field, over stone walls and all along a wood and by a river bank for water flowers. The floating harp with small leaf like a hat and at the sinus underwater a fist of little fingers all kept down but one, and that thrust up to blossom in the sun as if to say, You, you're the heart's desire. Anne has a way with flowers to take the place of what she's lost. She goes down on one knee and lifts their faces by the chin to hers and says their names and leaves them where they are. The lawyer wore a watch, the case of which was cunningly devised to make a noise like a small pistol when he snapped it shut at such a time as this. He snapped it now. Well, Anne, go, dearie. Our affair will wait. The lawyer man is thinking of his train. He wants to give me lots and lots of money before he goes because I hurt myself. And it may take him I don't know how long but put our flowers in water first. We'll help her. The pitcher's too full for her. There's no cup. Just hook them on the inside of the pitcher. Now run. Get out your documents. You see, I have to keep on the good side of Anne. I'm a great boy to think of number one, and you can't blame me in the place I'm in. Who will take care of my necessities unless I do? A pretty interlude, the lawyer said. I'm sorry, but my train. Luckily, terms are all agreed upon. You only have to sign your name right there. You will stop making faces. Come round here where you can't make them. What is it you want? I'll put you out with Anne. Be good or go. You don't mean you will sign that thing unread. 
Make yourself useful then and read it for me. Isn't it something I have seen before? You'll find it is. Let your friend look at it. Yes, but all that takes time and I'm as much in haste to get it over with as you. But read it, read it. That's right, draw the curtain. Half the time I don't know what's troubling me. What do you say, Will? Don't you be a fool, you crumpling folks' legal documents. Out with it if you've any real objection. Five hundred dollars. What would you think right? A thousand wouldn't be a cent too much. You know it, Mr. Lawyer. The sin is accepting anything before he knows whether he's ever going to walk again. It smells to me like a dishonest trick. I think, I think, from what I heard today and saw myself, he would be ill-advised. What did you hear, for instance, Willis said? Now, the place where the accident occurred, the broken one was twisted in his bed. This is between you two, apparently. Where I come in is what I want to know. You stand up to it like a pair of cocks. Go outdoors if you want to fight. Spare me. When you come back, I'll have the papers signed. Will pencil do? Then please, your fountain pen. One of you hold my head up from the pillow. Willis flung off the bed. I wash my hands. I'm no match. No, and don't pretend to be. The lawyer gravely kept his fountain pen. You're doing the wise thing. You won't regret it. We're very sorry for you. Willis sneered. Who's we? Some stockholders in Boston? I'll go outdoors by gad and won't come back. Willis, bring Anne back with you when you come. Yes, thanks for caring. Don't mind, Will. He's savage. He thinks you ought to pay me for my flowers. You don't know what I mean about the flowers. Don't stop to try to now. You'll miss your train. Goodbye. He flung his arms around his face.